Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Network. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks podcast on our Lazy Geeks Network, our weekly news podcast that discusses news that interests us from the past week. And this is the show for the week of October 9th, 2016. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. <laughs> you, spread, <laughs> you spreading that love to everyone right now? Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> uh... So we're back for week two of uh, this illustrious show, because that's good. Yeah, because you know this vivacious show, (laughs) this total tonally and dynamic. um, Oh Jesus! (laughs) Podcast. But before we get into everything today, um, I just wanted to uh, take a moment. So if you guys checked out uh, the return of just another podcast from Friday, you may have noticed that we did a new part where we answered questions. This is something I want to do for the show on a more consistent basis. Um, so if you have any questions for us, doesn't matter when, uh, you know, when you think of it, just ask us. And it also doesn't even matter of the topic. We said this in the last show, but I think I was going to, I'm going to mention this in, at least in the other shows for at least the beginning, because you know, even if it's evolving one of the podcasts or just, hey, you know what? People say the world is flat. What you guys think? You know, we'll, we'll, we'll answer that, you know, because, you know, like that meme that said, you know, the world, uh, world is flat organization has, you know, members all around the globe. Um, <laughs> say that again. Slowly. <laughs> slowly. I love that. <laughs> so if you have any questions, go ahead and ask because you can ask us on our Facebook page. Google Plus Twitter, that's at the Lazy Geeks one word, or comment on the website, thelazygeeks.com. And if you and if none of those tickle your fancy, just email us, thegeeks at thelazygeeks.com. 
So, yes. So, yeah, because uh, on this last show, Amador asked two very, very, like, in-depth questions. Like, you had to kind of think about it for a second and really just like, hmm. So, and, uh, and if you listen to that show, if you haven't checked out that show yet, check it out. And then uh, comment, what would you, what, what would be your answers for those two questions that he gave us? So, and I'm not going to tell you those questions now because I want you to listen to the fucking show. Jesus. Yeah. Fuck. Can't do everything for you guys. God. Got to meet me halfway. <laughs> uh, so this week, or this weekend, was the uh, New York Comic Con. It's almost rivaling like San Diego now. You're getting trailers and shit, and you're getting, you know, all sorts of goodness. Uh, but in an interview with uh, Andrew Kreisberg, for, uh, who's an executive producer for Supergirl, he told Entertainment Weekly that the uh, Supergirl universe will remain separate from the main Arrowverse, while Supergirl will find a way to dimensionally move from her universe, which doesn't have any of those heroes in it, to join our heroes on occasion. So this disproves many fan theories that believe that Barry's whole Flashpoint storyline would somehow create an alternate timeline that would have Supergirl part of their universe. It kind of makes sense that they wouldn't. I mean, I I think there was part of me of like, oh, cool. Now they'll be like, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll be National City and then, you know, they can kind of just interact a little more. But I don't know. I mean, they're supposed to have the crossovers happen even with villains like moving like i think malcolm merlin's supposed to kind of pop into national state but like is there going to be like a, a rift there now that or, or is it going to be like a tachyon pulse from star trek that you know everybody's going to use and then suddenly everybody can stagate yeah <laughs> i would i mean i get it but i would prefer if they would have just blended up like even if it was campy like just whatever let's just get it over with you guys are on the same network now because right. now it's like every time they work together, it's going to be really fucking dumb yeah. as to how they got the Like, you might overlook it just because everyone's cool and stuff like that, but it's going to be dumb. Yeah. It's stupid as shit. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry I happened to be running too fast today, and I pulled you in the mouth. Well, I need your help anyway. Right. Yeah, it's going to be dumb <laughs> shit like that. You know? Oh, sorry. I fired an arrow that actually was able to break the space-time continuum barrier and allowed right, us to jump right. into it. You know, it's just going to be super dumb. Like, and you're you're gonna overlook it, right? Because it's going to be a crossover. So like, yeah, yeah, that will be whatever. They're going to fight together. You know, that's fine. Right. But still, it's it like, would have just been better. It's like one of those things when you see on like you know like other shows like Star Trek or something like that when they have to cross you know cross the streams in some ways that it's a little like okay, but. All right. You know, you kind of just deal with it because now, oh, Spock's on there now. So that's cool. You know, that kind of thing. It, it, it's just, right. It is going to be one of those. It's like, it would have been cooler to like somehow have them merge together and then suddenly, okay, they're in this timeline. But yet the events of season one still kind of count. So, you know. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't have even been mad if they went, you know what? Fuck it. Um, if they pulled the Star Trek route, yeah, yeah, they pulled the Star Trek route, you know, (laughs) just like I would have been cool if they didn't even fucking explain it. Like, just Supergirl's in that universe now. There's, there's no, no explanation, no nothing. (laughs) Yeah, I think the 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 internet would have complained for like about ten minutes, and then afterwards would have been like, ah, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> we're whatever. good. We're done. It needed to be done. Right. Like that's what's gonna <laughs> yeah. happen. Yeah, it needed to happen. So we're happy it happened. Then they do an interview with the guys that did, made the choice. Like, look, 
We could have made it some long story arc, or we could just get on with our fucking lives. Right. We could, yeah, we could have devoted a whole episode to this happening, but you know what? That's not what you guys wanted to see, so fuck it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. And I finally saw some Luke Cage this weekend. Dude. I saw the first three episodes so far. Um, oh, I'm telling you, dude, dude. It's amazing so far. Like, I mean, one of the things that that I particularly liked about, especially when I watched the first episode, was the stylized cinematography. Like everything was framed so well, like, and a lot of the crane techniques and 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 stuff. It looks used. like a, it looks like a fucking Hollywood flick. It did, especially when you did like uh, when they they did like the crane shot to like outside the club and then in the club from the music and then going all the way up to uh, fucking Cottonmouth's like little private lounge and shit. It was like some of that shit. I was just like, oh, damn, like, and the music, the way the music is integrated into the show and, and in, in the array of music, that's one of the things I really like is like, it goes from like, you know, jazz to fucking Wu-Tang to, you yeah. know, you know uh, to just some of the, the other stylized music. Well, they really, just... it, I like that shit because they really do a good job at trying to encompass the entirety of american black music culture you know what i mean it's not just they could have very easily just put a bunch of fucking rap tracks in there right and they could have easily put shitty new rap tracks in there but they just could have used an entire wu-tang album which would have been fine with me but you know it wouldn't be fine with me too but i think the (laughs) the cool thing is is that the music fits the character that's center stage in the scene oh yeah you know and and i and and i think that's a big deal and it, it fits into um it fits into a lot of shit that i don't want to say because he Steve is not far enough along, but well, one of the things um, I totally dig on that too, with that aspect, is the fact that it's multifaceted, which kind of is the way everybody is in that show. Like everybody, it nobody's two dimensional, right? You know, and and I think even even when you look at like Cottonmouth, like you know, he's just you know he's just trying to you know make his name, but if you look at him and his and um and and um Alfred Woodward's character. Like, they both want the same thing. They just both go through different ways of trying to get it. Right. And and that's what I kind of started noticing when I was watching them more and more. I'm like, you know, I, I see it. They both want the same thing, but they're both going at it through opposite means. Yeah, there are no, there are no shallow characters in the show. Yeah. They all get their moment. They all get development. They all get everything. Even when they didn't really need it, they'll get it. Right. You know, so it's it, it makes you much more invested in like, what's going on. Like when you get the first image of uh, Genghis Khani. <laughs> right. You know, you're just like, oh, okay, angry Asian landlord. And then you see, like... She was, she was fucking badass. She was. Just standing on the street, rent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's, like, trying to get around her, like, fuck, right there she is. And then you see the trouble she's going through. And then that one little shot of her where she's looking at all the bills and she's, like, trying to figure out, you know... You know how to yeah, make everything it's simple stuff like that. Yeah, that, that's giving depth to not only the main characters but the characters that they're they're interacting with. Right. Which is just it's just so well done. Absolutely, I I totally agree with it, that. Oh man, but you um, fucking hot on every time. <laughs> I see. What I also like is in the beginning, especially in the first three episodes, there was not an abundant use of his powers. Like yes. it really kind of set up like. That. Like it was really episode one really didn't show showcase his powers very much because honestly you know what it is and I kind of get this vibe I'm I'm on a 
I just watched episode eight. I, I get the vibe from the show that the powers are cool, but that's not what you're really focusing on. You're focusing on the man right. and you're focusing on his struggles and what he's dealing with and what he's trying to prove, you know, and stuff like that. And and I think that's fucking great because you could have easily just had him punch everything all the time. Right, right. You know, but I think it was smart to do because if you really think about it, while Luke's cage, Luke Cage's powers are cool, right. they're not really that flashy or interesting. Right, I agree. You know, it's just bulletproof and strong. Yeah. It's, it's really, <laughs> there's not much going on there. Yeah, that's really what know? it comes down to. But right. one of the cool things with it is the fact that uh, it was that, yeah, it didn't showcase his powers too much. And it wasn't until like the third episode that we really saw him starting to rock shit, you know. Um, and, but that Wu Tang scene, <laughs> dude, he fucking puts that, those headphones on, and you're just like, fuck yeah, dude. That's like that's his fucking uh, that's his power mix right there, <laughs> fucking Wu Tang yeah. to get shit going. But um, I liked that, and um, you know, so there was there was a lot of instances where, you know, it just was like you knew what he could do, but he didn't because you know he just wanted to be under the radar, and and you get that, you know, and and I like the fact that I think where it cut off where I cut off after the first three episodes, the next episode I think is more of like his background. Um, so, you know, I, I thought that was great. And um, no one seems to be chewing up the scenery in this movie. There's a lot of people, even Cottonmouth is they're all playing it very kind of low key. Nobody's like being a typical <laughs> villain, you know, that you would. And even cause Cottonmouth does laugh sometimes. He does. But it's not, but it's he kind of catches overdone. himself, but he catches himself. Yeah. Like he, he finds himself like, okay, no, that's not, that that's not who I need to be. And it's so good, dude. Yeah. All of it. Dude, and then when and then when you get somebody who is fucking going kind of chewing the scenery, they fucking kill him off. <laughs> yeah, like you're too much. <laughs> right, right. You're a little extra right now, so you get now. Yeah. But no, it's um the only thing in the first couple of episodes, really the first arc in the show, um, I felt the the younger people that the younger people that weren't really main characters. They were more the the reason for Luke Cage to do something and Cottonmouth as well. Um, right. I felt their acting was flat as shit. Yeah. Um, but it was really irrelevant because they're not that important. They're 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 more of a catalyst to get Luke Cage to get off his ass. Right. And, and do and that, something. And that's really what it kind of came down to was the the first. Pretty much two episodes were about him and it's funny too because like they and that's the one thing i've actually liked about these shows is they never mention the other like the other superheroes in their verse they just kind of refer to them like uh what was it when um pops was they, they do it they do it in a way that you would you would you would do it in in life right like, like it, it's not like and then there's daredevil and right. you know it's not like hardcore you know yeah, like when pops is like you could do some good like those fellas in midtown you right. know, uh, so obviously you're like, oh, the Avengers, you know, and then we got the Hell's Kitchen reference in there, and and there, and then Justin, I was like, oh shit, Justin Hammer, because you know we all, we all got a uh, a shot of him from fucking um, Iron Man two, but then that was it, like we never heard again. Then it's like the the wait, the, you left off, you left off on episode three, yeah. Oh, four is gonna rock you, dude. I'm sure it is, because that's a character development episode. Yeah, that's what I kind of figured when it's like more of a, a more of how he got to, you know, right. to be his way. It's going to really fill in the blanks. And there are so many fucking callbacks in that episode, too. Oh, nice. 
Uh. Oh, did you hear who's who's announced as uh, the villain in uh, the Defenders? Who was cast in that? Ooh. Sigourney Weaver. No shit. Mm-hmm. They're getting some heavy hitters, dude. That's the one thing I like about Marvel, is that they like the they, woman. They get them, you know. The woman that's playing the um, Cottonmouth's cousin. Oh yeah, Alfred Woodward. That's a that's a big actress. Yeah, fucking. Uh, like she's what's her been name in a few from uh, Star Trek: First Contact? Um, uh, she was Cromwell's uh, assistant. Oh yeah, that was yeah. her. The Borg sounds Swedish. <laughs> I forgot that was her. Yeah. I really like the cop, too, the de- uh, Detective Misty. Oh, yeah. She's fucking badass. She's got a body on her, too. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> you ain't telling me nothing I don't I lo- know. I love that, like, going, so how long was it before you slept with him? You know, a couple nights <laughs> He already knows, dude. First, first night. Uh... <laughs> All right, well. I'm going to move on from this because if I say anything more, I'm just going to be spoiling. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and I really, it's too good of a show for me to go, and then in episode five. <laughs> I'm thinking you know? what, we, what we would, what we might do is when we, fi- when we both finish this, I think we could probably do uh, just another podcast on it. You know, we should do that for a lot of the Netflix shows. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Just do like a nice two hour fucking, and we just talk about that entire season. Yeah. Yeah, because it's really just like a long oop. Well, yeah, I mean, it's 13 episodes, and I was just thinking that that might be a cool thing. So once we finish Luke Cage, we can, like, do, like, one of those, uh, an episode of Just Another Podcast and just kind of talk about it and, and do that with spoilers and shit and just talk about it. And then we can go back and go, like, Daredevil Season 1, Season 2, Jessica Jones, and get up for that fucking Iron Fist shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get yeah, to that need- later. We'll get to that later. I need to catch up. I haven't watched any Jessica Jones, and I need to see the second uh, season of um, Daredevil. But I'm ready, dude. Like, this Luke Cage, like, it wasn't that I didn't want to see it. You just get caught up with other shit, yeah. and then you just forget. There's so much shit to do now. Like, anytime <laughs> someone goes, I'm bored, I'm like, then you're fucking up. Right. <laughs> there's way too much to do yeah. for you to be bored nowadays. When people you go, there's know, nothing so, good on television, I just tell them to fuck off. <laughs> oh, I'm half... Well, there is no very little good on television because it's all on netflix <laughs> um i'm halfway through episode nine i might just restart that because i think i fell asleep oh no <laughs> Fuck, Bro, I was a, up, man. it was sunday the last sunday we had i that i think we were off uh no no, no I, or it might have been the sunday the first sunday we were back on and I was like, I'm gonna check out this Luke Cage. People talking about it, shit, it's buzzing. The yeah, yeah, because Man. you you did mention it to me before the show, and I said that uh, I I was gonna probably try to check, and hopefully by next week I would. So yeah, it was because it came out not this past Friday, but the Friday before. So yeah, it was yeah. the Friday before we came back. Because actually, I um Luke Cage is one of the Marvel characters that that I actually have I liked. Like right. I I dug him. I never, I wasn't too into his shit, but when I would read with him in it, I was like, yeah, this motherfucker's legit. Right. So I started, I started watching. I think I was up till four thirty. <laughs> I go to work in the morning. I was like, Fuck. yeah. That's why I put it to um, two episodes at a time. Yeah. I won't watch more than two episodes because I, I'll, I'll fucking just keep. It's too easy on Netflix. Next, next, right. next. Yeah. 
No, yeah. now it doesn't but, even. Now you don't even have to do it. Now it just goes starting in nine seconds. <laughs> like, shit! You're like, my oh. body is ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mentally ready. <laughs> Get your dick in your hand. You're ready to go. <laughs> you know. Anyway. Oh, am I next? Yes. So this is a quick one. I just saw. Um, <laughs> they're doing a mini series. Uh, so. Howard the Duck. I read it wrong at first because, like, I saw this. I saw this. I think yesterday or something like that online, and I was like, "Oh, what are they teaming up?" And then yeah, after, I thought that at first too. Yeah, and then I was like, "Which would have been funny." Which would have been funny. <laughs> I thought, "Oh, that's cool." And then I'm like, "What?" <laughs> so Howard the Duck is from a different dimension. A lot of people might not know this because the movie kind of fucked up the storytelling. But right. Um, and in that dimension, it's it's a version of Earth just with ducks. Right. Um. <laughs> It's kind of the same as, um, I forget what the name of the dimension is, but everybody's pigs. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Spider-ham. So there's, there, there is a, a spider duck and um, fucking the duck Avengers and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, although we haven't seen much of them. No one, <laughs> no one has given it much play. So we're going to see a mini series of the Deadpool duck. So it's not Howard the Duck. It's just... Um, I put it like that because that was the only thing I knew how to put. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm really interested in seeing this, um, just because I'm hoping that it's going to be in Duck World and we're going to get a little glimpse of that and and see how that's working. And it's just going to be New York with ducks, but still, right? Um. So yeah, that's every time I used to see the Spider Ham books, I would get kind of upset. Like you know, Duck World was around too. We could have been fucking doing that. <laughs> But no, Lucas had to come in and fuck, fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. Everybody go home. Lucas fucked it up for everyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was that. But also, matter really quick. Uh, stay, I should have put this one next. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I saw that the Luke Cage uh, soundtrack is dropping. I'm, I'm interested in picking that up. But. <laughs> I might buy a record player just to get this <laughs> shit. It's coming out on vinyl. Not only vinyl, right. but the whole fucking um, record is yellow. Yeah, I'm like, bro, that's too much. <laughs> so dope. Because it's funny, too, because I was, t- I was talking to my wife. She goes, vinyl? Like, why would you buy vinyl? I said, you know what? I know that I kind of missed vinyl. I think I, I think I was born when cassettes were already pretty mainstream. Right. Um. But I love the sound of vinyl. Love it. And there's something there's with that, some that crackle of, and the little pops yeah. in it, and just I don't it's, know. It just sounds great, you know. Yeah. And it's it sounds um. It just I don't know. It sounds like it has depth. Like yeah. you can imagine the person more like sitting there and recording because it's just analog, you know. Right. I'm thinking about picking it up. That dude. was a uh, like when I was a kid. Like I was in probably the the last days of of vinyl. Like, I remember as a kid, I, I bought... <laughs> this shows you how much of a fucking geek I was. When I was a kid and Empire Strikes Back came out, and I loved the movie so much, I bought the fucking two... The two-album score for Empire Strikes Back as a kid. Okay. Yeah. And I used to... Like, I used to sit there and, like, on... I think it was, like, the first... The first uh, song on side two was the Imperial March... I would fucking wear the needle down on that shit, dude. It was, it's, it, I mean, because I had some of those, and I think, you know, when I was younger and I had the little kitty um, record player, you know, I had some 45s and shit like that. But then 
it was pretty much when I got to like junior high, I started getting like cassettes and shit, you know, and um, because I remember, then, then I remember when, I remember when CDs first came out, people, a lot of people still preferred vinyl because the audio better. quality was just so much better. Now CDs obviously it's it's gone up and you can get I I don't know it's it's like yeah okay I can buy a CD or an MP3 whatever and the auto quality is perfect there's nothing wrong with it but does it, it lacks that personality Yeah I you know what that, I mean I, I think that's what it, like you know I used to hear like you can even hear it in the movie uh, The Rock where um, Nicolas Cage's character spent like a couple hundred bucks on a on a Beatles LP you know and right. it's like you can get that on a CD for like nine ninety nine, and he's like, he goes one, these sound better, and I've always like taken, I've always taken issue with that, that just that whole statement of like, no, they don't sound better, but they do have a uh, a nuance, a mood to it that when you put it and you're hearing the and the little crackle and pop in the music, I think it it does have some, it, it does add sort of a, it, it's almost uh, like, and I'm not trying to sound corny. But being that it's analog and not digital, it has more life in it. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, it feels it feels like it, it has emotion in right. the music and stuff like that. Like I've heard, um, what was it? I was listening to fucking something in vinyl. I don't know. I have a couple vinyls that I've just found over the years, like in Goodwill. <laughs> I'll be like, oh fuck it. But I've right. never had a vinyl player. I just have them sitting up. Yeah. Um, I have fucking uh, uh michael jackson's thriller album oh shit and i remember i was like oh it's probably worth some money forgetting that it was the one of the most sold records of all time <laughs> so everybody has one right. you know it's worth like 50 cents <laughs> right. but then like crazy shit like i give you a quarter for it <laughs> right you can get some crazy records like uh the first um nwa album oh, from right. ruthless records you can get that for like six bucks yeah like on vinyl original shit like yeah. i'm like fuck dude <laughs> imagine that straight out of comps oh, well, it's funny because yeah. um over over labor day uh they were having a, this uh beatles exhibit at the um, grammy museum out here in la so uh you know my brother had never been and 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 um, heather had never been so we just kind of all just said okay fuck it we all just went there that weekend and um there was this little room that it was the way music sound through the um, through the ages, basically. And what they did was they played the um, music the way it sounded. Like, like records were like uh, these little tubes that they played out of. So you had the audio quality as it went through, and it would take this one song and say, this is how it would sound if it was in this kaleidoscope. And this is how it would sound here and here and here. And it kind of took you through the ages. And when it got to the way it would sound on a on a seventy five, which was the bigger albums, I was like, it was like me and Heather kind of looked over, like, God, I haven't heard that sound in like a long time. Yeah. Like, it was like that kind of like you kind of miss that. And then of course we, it, it goes to like Dolby five point, you know, surround right. sound, and you're just like, oh. We had a record player My when balls I was a are kid. Rattling just under that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we had a record player when I was a kid. It was an older one. Right. We had the TV record player wooden thing that oh, right. everyone had in the seventies. Right. Um, and I, I remember listening to the the fucking Chipmunks Christmas album on that bitch. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just crazy shit. You know, but um, I'm actually thinking about getting it. Just, just like 
You can get, you can get a record cheap. player for pretty cheap. Yeah, I was going to say, you can get them for pretty cheap now. I was kind of thinking that too. Like, that'd be kind of cool if, you know, like, have one of those and just kind of have it around. And like my brother. And a lot of good albums are on, mm-hmm. especially hip hop, like some yeah. of the older hip hop ones, because some of the DJs prefer oh, yeah. uh, spinning records still. Yeah, I mean, like, out here, like, there's one place out here in the valley that I think I can't remember the name of it. Well, uh, but no, but out in Hollywood, yeah, Amoeba, you can get shit out in vinyl out there. Yeah. But like, um, I was, I was thinking like when my, when I was in high school, my brother had a rack system, which was yeah. dual cassette deck, fucking turntable, and a CD player. Back when they just motherfucker was about that life. Seriously, man. dude. Yeah, I was like going, ugh, this is like that was it, and I'm like, I'm like oh man. And uh, I, the only reason I remember that was because I was listening to Kevin Smith and he was talking about when he was a kid and moving out. He's like, well, I got this rack system. And he was like, do they even make rack systems anymore? And I was like, no, I think you have to like, you know, you would have to buy each individual thing separately now. To because try they're it. really, There's they're no not necessary yeah. anymore. Yeah, because everything's turned to MP3. So it's like download onto your iPod and play it through there. Right. And, and everything has a computer chip in it, which can process all the sound. Right. So it's all, like basically that that whole rack system is an iPod. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you know, it's really the only music that I do prefer um, on a more modern setup is classical music because I, I do like classical. Music. I listen to classical music a lot, um, but I feel I want to hear every nuance of the in- instruments, so I don't want there to be anything else. Yeah, I hear in it. I don't know. It's 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 weird. I'm weird. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. So, the fuck you need an ultra wide monitor? Oh, for? so this real quick too. But the um, I've been wanting to set my like I have one decent monitor, although the speakers on it are going out, which I really shouldn't be using the speakers in a monitor anyway. Um, <laughs> so I was thinking about getting like two or three screens together, and then I'm like, well, one I don't need three screens. Let's be honest. Two screens I like, but three is a little overkill for me. Um, well, so if no, I just because want... if you have the middle screen for whatever it is you're doing, one screen on the side for your games and the other screen on your side for your porn, I mean, that's I mean, that's kind of it. Yeah, but <laughs> but um, I was I was looking at uh, these new ultra-wide uh, monitors, okay. and I'm like, you know what? I kind of dig it. You know what I mean? Like, you can get a 4K... Now the reason you get 4K in a monitor is because you could you have more screen real estate, right? And um, I could get a 4K in that, and then I would have. I really only use like I have a second monitor now. It's a small kind of beater monitor, and I really like right now the show notes are on it, and everything else I have split screen on my uh, 27 inch. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like I'm not talking just about that. his dick. <laughs> uh, 27 inch around my defecting. <laughs> Damn. Uh, get a fucking heart on and die. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I, I've, I've just somebody been, somebody giving you a, giving you a blowjob, their head would explode. Right. I've just been thinking. I've been thinking about getting um, getting that, and also it'd be cheaper because it's it's one single thing. How many are those easy. running now? Right now, I'm looking at the Dell Ultra Sharp. Well, I'm just looking at it because I clicked on it. This one's a little pricier. It's eight hundred and forty-five. Mm. But if you calculate the cost of three monitors. And then also a graphics card that can, because I would need to upgrade my graphics card. Right. It, if I get this, if I get an ultra wide monitor, I I can get all I got to do is get a 4K graphics card. I don't have to get one that supports three connections and you know over three screens. 
and all that fancy shit because really the games and we talked about this last podcast the games that I've been playing lately are, are strategy games. I don't need all that, all those screens right. to do anything. So have an ultra monitor, much more screen real estate. Um, I mean, I'm down with it. Right. You know, so I don't know. It's just what I don't even know why I put it there. I, just, <laughs> I was just excited. <laughs> it is know. what it is, you know. It is what it is, but it is what it Listen, isn't. You know exactly. what I mean? I, I, so, I feel you, brother. You <laughs> picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> I'm picking it up and I'm throwing it in the trash. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. So I guess it's time we move on to our one awesome thing this week. Uh, my one awesome thing, it's not really like awesome. It's just kind of one of those things of like just finally somebody addressed it. <laughs> so uh, when Marvel brought Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to ABC, their only other competition was Arrow. And since then, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the only Marvel property still on the air, and DCTV has gone on to dominate nearly five days of their superhero content. The CW is killing it with their crossovers over the last couple of years, as well as characters moving from one series to another for guest spots. Marvel, using the tagline, it's all connected, is more of a joke, because none of the main characters from the cinematic universe have come on to the show, nor vice versa. Now, with Marvel getting huge in the Netflix realm and up in the upcoming Legion series on FX, the question of will they ever cross over? Uh, Jeff Loeb, head of Marvel TV, simply said stay tuned when asked about it um, ever happening between different networks at this week's New York Comic Con. Later in an interview with Screen Rant, Loeb explained that as a studio, they hold little power to make networks like ABC, Netflix, and FX work together for a special crossover. He did say the conversations have occurred between multiple studios, but they have a little say in actually making them happen. Why is this not my awesome thing? Because someone, someone actually said something about it. That's all we wanted from the beginning. The CW never made any promises that all their shows would be connected, but they just did it, and it is one of the reasons people follow all their shows. It's like watching a comic book on television. While Marvel may dominate the cinematic universe, they still have much to learn about the TV universe. Yeah, so, I mean, it would be cool to have, like, Luke Cage kind of come on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Coulson pop in on Daredevil, you know, trying to recruit him for something. It would be, mm. it would just be cool with that. And, and I doubt there would ever be a crossover with FX because Fox is pretty fucking stringent that marvel stays away you know and after after all the loops they had to go through to get spider-man on on in the marvel cinematic universe i imagine there's probably some you know to be honest I, i'm gonna i'm gonna give marvel a break because if you really think about it they the biggest mistake they made was selling the movie and tv rights to their shit back in the day well, yeah. and that's really why it's all over the place yeah. now because they they don't have everything in their wheelhouse. DC owns all their shit. They right. can do whatever the hell they want. Right, and that's one of the things I've thought about too was the fact that DC owns all their shit, and DC is part of Warner Brothers, who there in turn also owns um, also partners with CBS. That's why the CW exists. So right. they kind of have their own thing. Like like Mar like Marvel um, is part of Disney, and Disney owns ABC. So they kind of have their own little way out the gate, you know. But the problem with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the fact that, you know, it, it's kind of creature of the month or week kind of thing 
But when you have like the shows on Netflix, and I think that's why the Netflix shows like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and eventually Iron Fist do well is because they're dealing with their own story arc. They don't have 22 episodes. They have 13 and they get one story done. And, and plus they can ch- kind of get into it. Like, you know, Daredevil and Jessica Jones, extremely different. And even Luke Cage in there, they're all different from one another. And that's what makes them cool. So, you know, I mean, I, would, I, I think I would like to see them all cross over. I honestly think if you if you really wanted to see if you really want an example of Marvel with the unrestricted access of their own characters as DC has, just just look at the Netflix shows. Yeah. Like the, that's the only really realm where no one's bothering them because it's characters no one cared about. Yeah. When it comes to TV or movies. So they were like, okay, well, let's be slick about it. Let's use these, you know, I, I, I would say second string for lack of a better term, but we've got Daredevil here. I mean, everybody knows Daredevil. These are good characters, you know what I mean? Right. And they really brought them into the limelight. They, they did a really good job. Unfortunately, when we're talking about bigger characters, X-Men, um, Fantastic, Four. Um, Fantastic Four, Deadpool, right? It, it's, it's pulling teeth for them to do whatever the hell they want because unfortunately they made a mistake in the past yeah. and that's you know, why so. and that that's why they have the problems with doing a hulk movie by itself now is because universal still owns the movie rights right so, and now you know. now that i honestly think now we didn't start seeing this oh we can do this now oh we, we're writing deals for this now and we're making deals for the spider-man and all that i think having disney have ownership of marvel is is putting is putting some weight behind their words a little bit more, right? So they can get at the table, right. you know, and, and and make some deals and stuff like that. Because yeah. Disney, Disney pretty much gets whatever the fuck they want, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's fucking Disney. Disney comes you, out you, and you... says, "Hey, we want this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> we bought that life." <laughs> you know I mean? um, but oh, it's good. Goofy I mean, comes, I, I in, wish... Goofy comes in going, "Oh, don't make me choke a bitch." <laughs> I ain't reason, afraid to do another dime. <laughs> I think the reason why I love the Netflix shows so much is those characters remind me of some of my favorite DC characters. Not mm. not comparing them directly, but just right. the tone of it. Right. You know, it's more realistic. It's a little bit more and, gritty. And, and, and the cool thing about them is that they're they're more character driven than what you see in the movies. Because in the movies, you're you're stuck. You know, you have two hours, and then you have to tell this big elaborate story. Which is why Captain America, Iron Man, all of them work in um, work better in that realm. But when you have the other characters like Daredevil and Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, all of those that have deep, rich stories, the Netflix shows are the perfect ones to go with. But what, one thing that does bug me, I would love to see, and we all know why this doesn't happen, but I would love to see just at least once or twice one of the characters from the avengers drop in on daredevil or it's just something like that oh, yeah. we're not going to see that right because one the, all the stuff we explained and then also um these big movie stars demand big movie checks <laughs> right you know so it's going to be a damn expensive fucking episode just to have them pop in right you know have iron man fly in real quick he just flies over yeah 2.7 million dollars <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Shit." laughs> yeah. yeah that's basically the budget for the last season so yeah you know <laughs> i'm amazed at um what they're doing with the budget in luke cage though i oh, mean yeah. that shit looks so clean dude it does and daredevil like, daredevil's the same well the thing is is that with all of these shows if you really kind of look at them they're very boxy shows 
Yes, everything happens within a small space. Within a small space, but a lot of the, you know, a lot of things happen inside, you know, or it's like uh, rooftops and, and things like that where it's very, for like, especially like in Daredevil, you see a lot of like the, the, the nightlight, you know, the, the, what is it called? The city lights of or the cityscape of like Hell's Kitchen and stuff like that. But it's very claustrophobic. Like it doesn't span like five blocks. But I think it, I think it works because of the location yeah but like because think, new york is claustrophobic right so it it makes sense in that but way. if you look at some of like the best fight scenes in fucking daredevil they're all within a confined a space hallway the and hallways shit. and shit like that look at the fucking best fight scene so far in luke cage is in a fucking hallway right exactly going through a building you know it's like it's that like, kind of it's, shit it's all but see that's where you really test mm-hmm. the quality of not only the actors but the director as well yeah because if you can do it correctly no one's going to give a fuck that you're in a small space. No oh, one's yeah. going to notice that. They're going to notice the fucking quality of the Everybody's scene. just going to say, did you see him throw that fucker? You know, that's, that's what it's about. And that's the first thing. You knew Daredevil hit was when everybody was talking about that hallway fight scene in, like, the second episode. They're like, dude, that fight was scene. dope as shit. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, you knew when you saw that, you're like, then that's when they're, like, going, we got it. Like, okay, you can do a show like that. And that's when I think... It kind of tells with some other shows of like, yeah, you're on a budget. You just have to tell them differently. And that's what Daredevil did. Like Daredevil could have all have been about flying around and, you know, you know, spectacular fight scenes and stuff like that. But no, it was gritty and claustrophobic and tight as shit. And it works. And it's just it's just the combination of everything, you know. So that's why I'm actually really kind of excited about your one awesome thing. Bruh. <laughs> Let me slow it down. No, I'm sure we've <laughs> me, all seen. Let this. me light the candles. Um, <laughs> right, I'm sure we we've all seen this, but that Luke Cage trailer. So f- first of all, you mean Iron big Fist? ups, Iron Fist. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> let's do a shout out uh, to Marvel anyway because they showed New York New York Comic Con the new Iron Fist trailer and then they immediately put it online for everybody to see. Right. So shout outs to everybody who's been doing that lately. It seems to be a new trend, and I hope it continues. Um, this fucking trailer is dope. So I'm excited about Iron Fist because Iron Fist is essentially Marvel's take on a kung fu movie. Right. So if you like kung fu movies and you don't like Iron Fist, somewhere you fucked up. <laughs> Everybody um, was kung fu fighting. Right. You're gonna see. You're gonna see skillful fighting, much like you see in Daredevil. Right. But the philosophy of 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 it's gonna be in there too. Because he's essentially, he he has, he's different from Luke Cage. Um, he's different. He's more akin, I would say, when you're talking about superpowers, he's more akin to like, um, what the fuck, uh, Thor. Yeah. Not in power, but in the way he has his power. He is a chosen one. Right. He's supposed to be the chosen warrior, <laughs> and, and it's um, and it's, not it's like, like chosen one like in Anakin and Star Wars, you know. No, he's like the chosen one in um, what was that movie with Eddie Murphy? <laughs> Golden Child. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Give me the night. <laughs> oh God, I love that movie. Um, I'm really excited about that though, and it yeah. looks like I, I'm liking what I'm seeing. I know it's just a trailer, but I, I'm liking what I'm seeing from the special effects that we've seen, and also the dude who's playing him looks like he's pretty legit. Yeah. Um. 
And you, Iron you gotta kind of give it to Marvel too, because they've been very solid on their casting of, of the main characters yeah. for a lot of these. And uh, yeah, when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, I, I'm now more excited for it. Cause Isn't it weird how the best Marvel television is it has the tone you would expect from DC, and the best TV, DC television has the tone you expect from Marvel? Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Netflix, Marvel's Netflix line is, is Marvel Knights. That's really what it is. It's, exactly. it's the Marvel Knights comics, yeah. and those were always my favorite fucking Marvel books because shit didn't. Hmm. It was, I mean, Marvel Knights is basically any Batman book, yeah. <laughs> really. Um, but I'm really excited for Iron Fist. I, I think this one is going to be um, just like the when when they they came in on the trailer and he's just sitting on a couch and he's meditating. meditating yeah, like just that. I'm like, oh, this motherfucker's legit, dude. Dude, the glowing like, I'm, fist, I'm down like when it. his when his fist started to glow, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, it, it just it's it's actually going to be. I, I'm I'm thinking really cool because I I really I was kind of like okay because I've been kind of curious to see their take on it. And then just by seeing the trailer, I was like, okay, like I'm more like, okay, now I'm, I'm hyped for it. And um, for those of you that, you know, may not have um, heard, this week they started filming the Punisher Netflix series. So John Bernthal from uh, Daredevil season two as the Punisher, he's back in Hell's Kitchen. So looks like we will be seeing that next year. So <laughs> you want gritty. <laughs> there you go. You got Punisher. I'm telling you, it's so much is going on on Netflix right now. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It's not even just Marvel. Like, I'm hearing the Stranger Things is a dope show. Yeah, I've watched a couple uh, episodes of that, and that's a really cool show. I got to get back into that. There's so much on fucking Netflix. It's hard. Now, there's so much on Netflix of their original content that it's hard to fucking keep track of everything. Well, Netflix was getting flack a couple weeks ago in the news because they said that they have, like, almost half half of their content is gone like if you if you add it up right but i'm like yeah because they're putting the money in that original shit yeah and, and the reason why you have to tell us well. in the news is because no one fucking noticed <laughs> right exactly you know some dude was like fuck this i buy hulu anyway oh but look at this and then everybody's like yeah but look at all the shows that everybody's looking at on netflix you know right so you know look, that, that says you, something if you about, about that. that if you about that life <laughs> You have Netflix and Hulu. Right, right, right. Because I, I hate to look, oh, fucking Hulu's bullshit. That's why I have Netflix. I mean, Hulu and Netflix do two different fucking things. Like, yeah, they both stream content, but they have a different focus. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, they both have original content. I guess they're direct competitors with that. But Hulu is more Hulu about the little, current shit. Right, and Hulu has a little ways to go for their, um, for their new content. I never checked out that Stephen King adaptation, but I heard it was good um, that they did. I did check out their original Beatles documentary that Ron Howard did for them. That was actually really good. So I like the system. I like the system they have um where they where it's uh p- like pilot season. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Amazon. Yeah, you know, is it is it Amazon that where does they, that? Where they where they air all their pilot episodes and then they decide I don't know, I dig that. But yeah. then I hate that too because it's like oh this pilot was dope and then it doesn't get caught. You're right. like, Man, fuck <laughs> shit. <laughs> Yo, fuck you. Am- I'm tired of this shit. Amazon I think is the definitely the weakest of the three but amazon video is 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 just part of a greater picture of things you right. get an amazon prime it's it's not like yeah. you know it's not the only thing you get but um if you have netflix and hulu you're pretty much set you don't even need fucking cable at that point <laughs> unless you have to watch the big bang theory right, <laughs> right. which let's be honest <laughs> isn't exactly the big bang theory of yesteryear yeah okay um all right 
oh, word. That, that's been like 45 minutes. <laughs> it needed to be. It needed to be. I get that. It needed. We talked to about be. Luke Cage twice and Iron Fist. I'm surprised right. we're still not in the <laughs> middle. <laughs> All right. On that note, I think it's time we get into some headlines. So if you're going to be picking up one of the special editions of Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, uh, that will contain the remastered version of Modern Warfare. You better have some room on your hard drive. Reports earlier this week show that the PlayStation 4 version of the game will eat up about 130 gigs of memory. Activision has confirmed that the space is an overestimate that will be used for Day 1 updates, Modern Warfare, the remastered Modern Warfare maps, and the like. But there's no news on how big the Xbox One size will be, but it'll be safe to assume that it'll be about the same size or slightly smaller. Now, in related news, if you are picking up one of those special editions, don't think you'll be getting the physical edition of Infinite Warfare, you know, for Modern Warfare and then sell off the new game. Activision has confirmed that you cannot play one without the other. According to the game's website, you will be required to insert Infinite Warfare in order to play Modern Warfare. So this time, they thought ahead and decided to cockblock you from getting the one game you really wanted. I don't want either of them. <laughs> so what do I do? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. It, it's it, I, I almost feel bad for um, Activision and EA <laughs> when it comes to first-person shoes because the market is so oversaturated now right. <laughs> <laughs> that every shooter coming out Unless you're diehard fan of shooters, you're like, oh, another one. Well, like you don't even care unless it's Halo. Everybody right. likes Halo, <laughs> right? But you know, one of the things I thought about was actually was kind of funny, is that I remember like a couple years ago, one of the reports was that uh, uh, Call of Duty games had the highest resale value. You know, because people would play it, finish it, and then sell it back. So. You know, when I heard that, oh, yeah. You have a large amount of people that just play the single player, and then they'll sell it back, and then the multiplayer kids will come and grab it. Right. So what was I thought was funny was that I was like going, oh, so you can only get that with Modern Warfare. What about the people that keep Modern Warfare and want to return the other one? So apparently I wasn't the only one that thought of that, and Activision was like, well, shit, we have a high resale value on these games anyway, so we might as well make them keep the physical games. Obviously, if you get it digitally, it doesn't fucking matter because, you know. There's no way you Let's really be honest. Most people are getting their shit digitally nowadays. Yeah, it is what it is. Like I mean, I'm, still, I, I'm still in the air because I really would love to play Modern Warfare in the HD remaster. So it's kind of like, ugh, you well, that's know. because that back in the day, Call of Duty was the shit. Dude. Oh fuck yeah, dude! I missed the World War II Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah, I missed those, those were too. Dope as shit. Yeah, they were. And uh, you know, I'm still, you know, I'm still looking at. I was watching the the single player campaign trailer for um, fucking Battlefield One, which is <laughs> comes out, and now you know the biplane missions and shit like that. I was like, ugh, I need that game in my yeah. fucking life. <laughs> Tell me, right? Right. Um, speaking of Activision, um, <laughs> <laughs> so Blizzard CEO. Um, spoke about the quote tremendous responsibility end quote of keeping Call of Duty exciting. <laughs> um, <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> so let me just let me just let's get to it. Okay, Activision releases a new Call of Duty every year, right? Mm -hmm. They do. Mm -hmm. It's a sport now. They have three it's, fucking it's, it's studios bad. on that shit. Right. 
one of the main discussion points around the franchise is what's new and different uh, for each annual installment. What's Activision. new, though? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing for me, Nudo? <laughs> Motherfucker. Um, Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick um, said in a new interview that much care and consideration goes into every new game in all of its franchises. Yeah, this is done that. as part of the company's effort to make sure every new installment feels fresh and exciting, he said. Quote, <laughs> our priority is audience focus. The recognition and appreciation that our audiences invest so much in our franchises and our responsibility to take them to continually innovative within those. What? <laughs> okay. Um, he was speaking to Forbes. He also said, we feel a tremendous responsibility to our audience to keep our franchise exciting. Uh, Kotick went on to say again, further, <laughs> great franchises pr provide great roadmaps for innovation and inspiration. He specifically cited Star Wars and Star Trek uh, as being examples of sustainable entertainment franchises. He's not wrong. Right. <laughs> um, indeed, Star Wars debuted... Uh, in 1977 and Star Trek in 1966 and both remain hugely popular today. Not at all times, though. It wasn't like it's been a continuous fucking bullet train right. for either of those two. Um, in terms of all... Oh. <laughs> Star Wars um, 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> uh, in terms of all entertainment, Kotick... Oh my goodness. <laughs> And that hurt a little bit. Because um, it could Kotick have been so much better. Right. Kotick said he sees Call of Duty as one of the most enduring franchises. Activision recently shifted the Call of Duty series to a three-year, three-studio development cycle, which was smart. Yeah. Um, the extra year of development gives studios freedom to fail as they try out new ideas. And that's important, too. Um I saw a few people kind of joking around, freedom to fail, that's stupid, you don't want to fail. No. The, <laughs> the thing is, is that if you, if you have to push out a new Call of Duty every year, you don't have time to take risks. Yeah. Because you can't fail. You you have to make a deadline. Plus that, It's the plus same that thing with fucking Assassin's Creed now, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. And you... Unfortunately, Assassin's Creed is much more story-driven than... Call it the Call of Duty franchise, so so that even more so yeah. is starting to show its fucking wear. Um, you want to talk about freedom games. to fail? Just yeah, look at um, just talk to Ubisoft about that. Shit, um, I won't say the right. He just says some like listen to the fans and all that bullshit. Um, I think the three year three studio development cycle thing that they're trying or they're not really trying, kind of going back to, uh, would be smart. First of all, um, waiting is important for hype yeah part of that is too if i don't if it's coming out every year the only games that can do that are sports games yeah because there's a new season every year right so and and like with madden and and um and nba and all that they can get away with just uh, here's a few extra things or retweaks it because they don't because the fans of that brand those franchises don't give a shit they right. just need they want to play the new roster and stuff like that yeah um so I mean, that's good, but I mean, I hope he's trying to keep it exciting. It's not exciting right now. Let's be honest. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're I mean, a diehard Call of Duty fan, I'm sure you buy every single one. But can you honestly say it's exciting as it was six years ago? Oh, fuck no. I mean, come on. And, and, and now, Adam knows, oh, no, go ahead. Like, you knew me from when I, you know, I was a big Call of Duty fan. 
you know, I liked Call of Duty. And then it started to like, okay, we're at, at some point it was like, okay, how, how can you make this new each and every time where it kind of got boring, you know? And then it's like, now we're going into the future, future tech. And now it's infinite future, you know? And it's just like, now we're in space. It's yeah. Like, Come on guys. And, and you got, you know, battlefield where it's like, you know, them looking at and going, okay, we're, you know, we've gotten to Battlefield 4, and that didn't do so well for them. So what did they do? They went back and then decided, let's kind of go back to where it started. Because you think about it, you know, Battlefield was the same thing as, as Call of Duty. You know, now it's like, yeah, but we can think about the shit we can do. Kind of like remaster their old games, but put it out there in the new Frostbite engine. And just see it kind of rendered that way. And and the, the look is amazing. When you're sitting there looking at the trailer for, like, Battlefield, and you're like, fuck, dude you know, old tanks and the biplanes and all that shit. I'm excited for that. That shouldn't be it for Call of Duty where it's kind of like, okay, that's kind of cool. And the only thing that, to me that is, that's inspiring me to get it is Modern Warfare Remastered. That right. shouldn't be the push point, you no. know, to, for Replaying game. old shit shouldn't be this exciting. Exactly. Here's the thing too, and I think, I think EA has it with the Battlefield franchise. It, it, you go into the future. Let's take Halo. Halo's in the future, right? It's in an alternate future, future. Right. Halo's a solid franchise because of the story. Because it's so it's just a good story. People really latch on to it. They they latch on to Master Chief whatever. The problem is is that when you go into the future, nothing exists. So right. you have to you have to flesh out everything. Right. Now, Battlefield is going to do Battlefield 1. We're going to the past. Maybe slightly altered, I've heard. It's a few extra weapons and silly shit. But you have people's mind of the ugliest war in the world that ever happened. Right. And, and they already have a preconceived notion of how badass it's going to be to be in that kind of shit in a video game. You know, and, and when, when uh, Activision went into the future, it wasn't really the future. Yeah. I mean, if you really think about it, it was... It, the near future, which basically just means you have a couple of shiny new toys, right, but it's right. the same old shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I played, the, I was playing, um, whatever the fuck it was called. I can't even remember what it was called. Advanced Warfare? The new, yeah. yeah. And it was, it was just fucking Call of Duty. Look, I get it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, but it, it gets old after a while and the competition is knocking on your fucking door. Yeah. You know, so you need to do something. Yeah. Something. something. Anything. And I think, um, <laughs> I think Kotick. I, th I think Kotick is smart with the way he's playing it. So we'll just have to see how it plays out. Yeah. All right. So, after four reports this week that the replacement Galaxy Note Seven have had exploding issues as well, it seems that AT and T is offering plans for people to switch to other smartphones entirely. And if the new Bloomberg report is true, they may stop replacing and offering the replacement devices entirely. The report is claiming that AT&T is having discussions that they may remove the Note 7 from their offerings in light of the new issues, and anyone that has one can exchange it for a completely different smartphone. Once seen as the greatest device released from Samsung has suffered a huge setback with batteries exploding and replacements seeming to have the same issue. I don't know what the deal is with that. Samsung's taking it to the fucking chin right now, yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's like, okay, I get it. You know, it's kind of like, you know, it's like, okay, I get it. You have a battery explosion. Okay, fine. Defect. 
but why is it now this one? Like I have the seven edge and like no problem with it, but then the note comes out and then suddenly it's just like, you know, it suddenly the, the battery is going, we can't take it anymore. Captain, the dilithium crystals. And then boom. Well, know. the sad thing is does, I don't even think, and I might be wrong. I don't even think the note, the, the blowy up one mm -hmm. and um, the edge have a different battery. I think they have the same battery. That's what I can't figure out. I think they have the same battery as well. And that's why I can't figure out what the fuck is going on. So, I mean, it's gotten to the point. I don't, um, I don't have brand loyalty at all steve knows mm -hmm. i don't give a fuck i don't fly anyone's fucking flag but the american flag all right <laughs> um and even the, that's the, and that's even the then eagle that's the eagle right. landing on his shoulder right there even then sometimes you know right. if you if you look if you look in the if you were able to travel in the past when i just said that um george washington got to chill up his fucking spine that's how powerful <laughs> um but at first, when the when the first ones were blowing up, I was like, "Okay, shit happens." Right, right, right. It sucks, you know, but it can happen to anyone. Stuff like this has happened to, to Apple, maybe not as violent, but like with the antenna issue. Yeah, and and, and, and it was and they did have some batteries blow up on some of their iPhones, but it wasn't. Oh, they to did, the, yeah, they? but it wasn't to the extent that we're seeing with this one. Now the problem with Apple is not that the, there was a defect; is that Apple likes to pretend it's not a problem. Yeah, like everybody is lying. To Samsung's admitting there's a problem, but my issue was when the replacements come out, same issue. What are we doing? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, it's even got. I had a conversation with Steve. I'm, I'm looking at the Motorola's, you know, at least for this, because I, I'm, I'm going to be getting a new phone in the beginning of next year, you know, because I'm like, well, I don't. That makes me nervous as shit. Yeah, you know, because I, I need, I want a big phone, right? So I'm like, okay. <laughs> then he's like, hey, he goes, well, yeah, he goes, the, you know anything about Motorola? I'm like. What's Motorola? <laughs> and then I look at reviews, and they got tons of good fucking reviews. Yeah. But the um, like the Turbo Two has that shatterproof screen, which is actually shatterproof. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like shit. Um, but the main the main issue would be well, one of the main issues too is I'm not digging the edge thing. I don't like it. I think the phone's uncomfortable. I think it looks goofy. I just don't like it for me. You know, I get it, and I get why people like it, but I don't like it. So I'm thinking about moving off of Samsung, which is kind of a big deal. I've been, you know, Samsung phones for a while. And I was thinking about that ever since they started coming out with the Edge phones. And then I was like, uh... And then when they started being fucking baby Apple, where you can't fucking replace the battery, and you can't put a SIM, uh, SD card in, and, and just stupid shit like that. Well, now you know, you and can, then when, but yeah, but yeah, no, they brought the SD cards back, yeah, which I was happy about. Yeah, that's the sole and reason then, why I went to the went back to Samsung was because they they brought that, and that was a smart move. And the the battery thing, I mean, I can overlook it, but look at the phone I have now. Like I have a I have a Samsung uh, S6, great phone, no problems with it. However, the, it's old because it was a, a hand me down from my father, you know. So the battery does not last very long. First of all, Samsung is not known for good battery life anyway, <laughs> but um. This one is like, I have to have a charger at work. I have to have it plugged in. Like, I'll have it plugged in all day, eight to 10 hour shift. And then I really, I really don't use my phone at all when I'm at home. And then I'll wake up and it's at like 20%. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, but I can't just go get another battery. I have to fucking get a whole new phone. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, man. <laughs> so it's, it's just a pain in the ass. 
And Steve made a good point. He's like, well, I'm on that Verizon plan. I can get a new phone every year. I mean, yeah, that's cool. But we have to adjust our plans just to fit for this limitation in the technology. Yeah. You know, and at the time I got it, I I totally had forgotten about that. I was like going, okay, well, because, you know, um, when I had my um, iPhone, it was, uh, it was, yeah, if you switch to a Samsung phone from another, you know, uh, device, and they were prominently showing iPhone users, then it was like, yeah, you can get it upgraded every year. And I was like, oh, okay, that's a bonus. And, you know, usually around that year point is when that battery starts wearing down. And um, I remember always with my old phones, usually after a year, I had to replace the battery. Well, let's uh, also be 100, I want to be 100% fair. Samsung is by no means the only company, cell phone company, that has made batteries not replaceable by the user. Um, I think Apple was the first one. Yeah, Apple. Apple's always been that way. And there are tech. There are technological reasons. I think they could put bigger batteries in the phone if they do that. But Samsung ain't putting bigger batteries in the fucking phone. <laughs> you know. So right. <laughs> and neither is Apple. But let's let's be completely honest. Now Samsung and Apple are the same thing now. I mean, one's Android, one's not. But their business model is pretty much the same in cell oh, yeah. phones now. Oh yeah. You know, and it's it's. I'm not saying you shouldn't like one or the other because they're popular. I'm not a fucking hipster. I'm, I'm just saying, saying that. You, right? <laughs> you can't you can't really hate on Apple as much anymore if you're a Samsung user, yeah. because you're you're just on the other end of the fucking spectrum. It's it's not you're not any different really. The thing, the reason you can hate on Apple is because of their business practices, not because of their technology. And you can send yeah, those they don't angry have emails to. You, uh, you can send those angry uh, emails to thegeeks at thelazygeeks.com send them so I can delete them and continue to say whatever the fuck I want <laughs> like a fucking man you know what I'm talking um, but yeah I, I saw you had this story I had a couple things to say about it it's just I don't know like I mean I kind of I mean from from a safety standpoint it's like okay if the replacements are doing this as a company and I and the link that I have for this one as well as the um, the uh, two Call of Duty stories are actually on the website uh, and um, and what I said in my in, in my piece was that yeah you know at this point it's still a Samsung issue but at some point somebody's going to get hurt enough that they're going to start blaming the carrier because you're selling defective devices and oh. nobody wants to be on that end of the story and that's why AT and T's fucking talking about pulling pulling out right because AT and T doesn't have the best reputation anyway right and if you if you look at it they've gotten a lot better. But people remember. Yeah. They remember shit. You and, know, and, and they remember why they stayed away from it and you know Exactly. And it's um I don't blame AT and T. I mean, and I'm not even trying to hate on Samsung. Like it sucks. I'm sure there's some sort of Samsung's a pretty big fucking company. I'm I'm sure they're not over there just being sloppy. Right. But somebody's making a mistake somewhere. Yeah, and, you know? and the thing is, is you know, people can say they go, "Oh, fucking, you know, I'm not gonna ever get a sense." This is the first time. It's the same thing with Apple. You know, Apple had a few issues, and people try to make a bigger deal out of it. You know, but you know, it, it's one of those that shit happens, and and faulty devices do come through. So you know, whether this is Apple or this is Samsung or whether this is Motorola or you know whoever, it's gonna happen. Some shit is going to happen and at that point if they take care of it everything's cool but if it doesn't like this you know people could be like you know because then you just start hearing galaxy and think, is that the one that blew up because nobody remembers yeah so unfortunately too and i, I really do think this is a, a main factor 
as to why we see uh, defects and stuff like this um, sometimes is that everyone's trying to put out shit so quickly. Like Apple, Apple started with this like a new phone every year, two phones every year, because they'll come out with the iPhone and then they come out six months later with the iPhone the, the previous one was supposed to be. Right, right. And nobody's caught on to that fucking con. Um, <laughs> I know. But Samsung does the same fucking thing now. Yeah. You know, and, and I've always been, I don't need the latest and greatest phone. I let other people fuck it up first and then see what see what comes comes out when the smoke clears. And look what happened. Because I had an opportunity to get, I, I remember talking to Steve oh, yeah. a few months back. I had an opportunity to get the, the new Note. I, and I've had a Note before. It was one of my favorite phones. And I was going to pull the trigger on it. But I was like, you know what? Let me wait because it's new. I shouldn't get it right away. Right. You know, and um, I'm happy I didn't. <laughs> because it would have been a huge inconvenience. And I probably would be much more angry at Samsung because it personally affected me. Right, right. Shit. <laughs> or if it blew up in my fucking hand, <laughs> I don't think it hurt anybody. No, I don't think it, I, don't, I don't think it has. But still, probably yeah. because that phone was getting hotter than shit before yeah. anything happened. Because I don't think the phones exploded. I think they melted. Well, the last guy that was on the 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 or the first one that was reported, guy was on his on an airplane, and uh, on Southwest, and he said that he started noticing kind of smoke coming from his pocket. And then, and then took out the phone and then just saw just like kind of... He wasn't even using that right. shit. You know, that's crazy. Yeah. I heard some airlines are talking about not letting people on the on the plane if they have one of those phones. Well, they did for the original one, but they the new ones were supposed to allow people on there. But now they're thinking of banning those now if it's if they're not fixing it. See, the second, the second run one's fucking up, that's the bigger fuck up. Yeah. It's like, okay, assholes, you, you knew, like, the first time you're like, okay, you know, defect. Samsung will take because I even said I was like Samsung will take care of it. They're a good company, right? You know. Then the second ones, I'm like, you guys are fucking up. <laughs> like, who's running the show over there? Right. But I have to I have to give credit where credits due because I've seen a lot of people, you know, talking about oh, this is why I roll an iPhone. Like, look, <laughs> Apple's made mistakes in the past too, and I said the same shit back then. I the, the one I can remember really talking about on the podcast is the antenna thing. Yeah. Where their antenna was on a weird, like your hand would cover it or something. Yeah. Okay. But it wasn't a deal for them, of course. You know, you were just holding it wrong, according right, to Apple. Right. You're just not using the phone right. Right. So that's that's where Apple fucks up because yeah. they talk to everyone like they're stupid, and and most Apple people will be okay with being talked to like they're stupid if everything works. Right. And as soon as something doesn't work, they go, "Hey, uh, fuck you." <laughs> right. Get the shit together, especially with the prices that Samsung and Apple are demanding for these phones nowadays. Yeah. I mean, I could buy a fucking, I could buy three computers at the price of a fucking Note 7. <laughs> no. Yeah. Whatever. Do you have anything else to say? I'm sorry, I kind of fucking hijacked your No, that's news. pretty much, that's pretty much it. I love you. I know. But Samsung doesn't love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm until my edge goes crazy, I'm, I'm, I'm okay for now. Right. You know what a good television show was every once in a while nowadays you get a cartoon that's really good like exceptional mm -hmm. most cartoons now suck right it ain't the 90s anymore i ain't watching <laughs> hey arnold and fucking rocco's modern life you know what i mean <laughs> batman the or the series. 80s with the thundercats oh shit. shit yeah you know what i'm talking about we go way back and that was <laughs> that was good shit <laughs> thundercats oh <laughs> 
I'm just reminiscing. <laughs> okay. Um, the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon on Disney XD is a great cartoon. I, I watch it with my kids. I watch it when my kids aren't around. Um, it's it's Spider-Man as you would think he would be. He fucking cracks jokes all the time. Uh, the animation's really clean. It's just a great show, um, which is no longer going to be on next year. So this is another New York Comic Con exclusive. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Marvel has announced a new Spider-Man animated series called Marvel's Spider-Man, uh, set to debut on Disney XD in 2017. The series will be an original story chronicling Par Peter Parker's journey as a teen, figuring out how to become a superhero. Um, I'm going to guess that it's probably going to mirror the, new, the, the, new the, latest, movie, yeah. the latest movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's when it comes out next year. Right. Because Ultimate Spider-Man really didn't mirror anything. The cartoon before this one um it, it was just it mirrored the comics i guess uh, there was a howard the duck episode it was great um <laughs> court lane uh senior vice president of marvel animation explains that the show's simple name uh reflects a back to basics approach in telling peter parker's story the series will focus on the hero finding himself with strange new powers and overwhelming responsibilities um philip pignotti uh marvel's marvel's avenger known for marvel's avengers assemble uh, is the super supervising director with Kevin Schnick, uh, Robot Chicken, and Mad TV, his credits, um, as the story editor. And Alan Fine, who is known for Iron Man and Thor. We're talking about animation, of course. Dan Buckley, known for Marvel's Avengers Assemble. Joe Quesada, which we should all know his name. Right. Uh, known for Marvel's Avengers Assemble again. And um, Jeff Loeb, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., <laughs> will also be executive producing um, the series. Who's also Disney head of Marvel TV. Oh, is he? Yeah. Jeff Lowe. Oh, Jeff Lowe. Oh, Jeff Lowe. Yeah. Um, I recognize the name, but I couldn't remember uh, exactly what he did because I didn't give a fuck. So I was playing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just being a dick for no reason. Um, Disney, Disney That's what I think about you, fool. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you know what I think about you? I fucking don't. <laughs> Bitch. Just drop the mic. Right. Um, Disney XD's current Spider-Man uh, show, Ultimate Spider-Man, will conclude in January 2017 with a two-part finale titled Graduation Day. Um, the... To two, what? What is T I T U L A R? Titular. Whatever. <laughs> the badass hero will go up against <laughs> Doctor Octopus and the Superior Sinister Six, oh. uh, who wants to destroy all of New York City's her heroes. I'm happy this show's going out with a bang, um, and they're not just fucking cutting it because that happens with cartoons a lot oh, more. Yeah. Than, um, than live action. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man introduced Spider-Gwen earlier this year, and the series has had plenty of twists along the way. The great series. Um, I might I might buy this one on Blu-ray. The animated shows on Blu-rays are really cheap. You get a full season is like 20-something episodes, yeah. and then you get it for like 20 bucks. You know, it's such a good show. Um, but I'm, I guess I'm kind of excited I'm more excited for this new this new show because my kids will watch it, right. um, and especially my my younger son Womi loves Spider Man, you know, so he's he'll um he'll definitely love it. And I kind of dig 
for the rest of my kids too that he's going to be a kid. He's going to be in high school, you know. Yeah. And and stuff like that. We're going back to basics with it. Um I don't know. I think Marvel's animation is pretty good. Um their animated movies eh. Yeah. But their television shows are good. Um although when you stack them against TC <laughs> fuck DC animation is too much, dude. <laughs> so but for kids, Marvel's better. I have to admit. Yeah. Because DC animation ain't for kids. No. no. Nine times out of ten. That's for, made for adults. But but um, Marvel and, kills and, and it. And even sometimes Disney older kills. adults. <laughs> I know. Disney kill, is killing it right now. Yeah. They have so, like, they, I think there's an Avengers shows out, too. It's really good. Right. Um, they need to make. I want a poor adult Howard the Duck where he's a private eye and shit. That's what I want. <laughs> I'd fucking run home to see that. <laughs> I wanted, you know what? I wanted on Netflix, motherfucker. <laughs> Dark gritty. Howard and I wanted movie. live action too. <laughs> there, <laughs> just get a, put a little person in a suit. You yeah. know, that's all it really needs, right? Make them all CGI. Who cares? <laughs> nobody cares anymore. Nobody, nobody does. <laughs> they could, they could film it in Hell's Kitchen. And it's not even in Hell's Kitchen, right. just on a sound stage, <laughs> and they don't even put CGI up. It's just a fucking backdrop. <laughs> no one would give a fuck. Just saying. All right. Well, I think uh, that should lead us right into this week's pull list. So, what is your pull list for this week? <laughs> um, surprising everybody this week too. I'm gonna surprise you right now because I'm gonna do a descending order because these just so happened to be an order in which I like them, oh. I guess. Oh, Yeah, it just fell that way. Um, so, third place. <laughs> <laughs> um, Superman number eight. So I'm still really digging the whole... Oh, let me get my notes up. I made notes today. Yeah, I'm I know. About, I'm about that life. He's all prepared this week. So, Superman is written by Patrick Gleason. Ooh, my eyes are too bad to see it on that second screen. <laughs> um, Patrick Gleason and Peter J. Tomasi, uh, pencils done by Doug Man- Manke, uh, inks done by Jamie Mendoza, colored by John Kalis, Kalis, uh, and Will Qu- Quintana. We're professionals here, ladies and gentlemen. Right. <laughs> Look, I can't pronounce fucked up names. Sorry. You know. Um, <laughs> uh, cover by That's Doug. something to the person themselves. Like, oh, so I have a fucked up name, huh? <laughs> Right. And by the way, that's such a New England East Coast attitude. Like, maybe your name shouldn't be fucked up. It's never going to be my fault. Right, exactly. Um, Covered by Doug Mankey, uh, Jamie Mendoza, and Will Quintana. So they actually, um, too many people working on this book. Um, So I really, I still love the Superman book because of the father-son bit. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm digging it. You know, it's, it's, and it's even just the little throwaway scenes where they're just talking and Superman's right. like, well, it would be best to do it this way. Like, it's just, I don't know, man. It's just real cool. Um, Superboy, I guess. Uh, he's he's doing a science experiment for a school. And, but they're doing it. The weird thing is he's doing a science experiment for school and, and they're doing it with Kryptonian technology and the fucking Fortress of Solitude. So I'm like, uh. Isn't that cheating? Cheating. Yeah. A little bit. A <laughs> little bit. A little, little bit. But whatever. He he discusses um he had a dream. He was just telling his dad, you know, he's like he's had a dream and, and his dad was in it and, and just some stuff and it just sounded like a memory, like 
it sounded like something you need to put a pin in for now because it's going to come up later. Right. Um, then they like this fight happens out of nowhere. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of it's course. Superman. Right. They end up in like the land of the lost, basically. Mm-hmm. At first, I thought they were on um, the mascara because the first thing they see is um, like a World War One tank. Oh, really? Uh, just crashed, you mm-hmm. know? And I was like, well, maybe, you know, it's on an island or something. But it doesn't look like it, but they haven't really found out where they are anyway. Um, real cool throwaway scene. Well, not really throwaway, but just not main main plot stuff is um, the uh, the the son asks Superman, how do you know it's American? Is it be- and he says, because of the star on the front and shit. And, and, the, and the son's like, oh, I want to see. And it cuts to Superman. He's sealing the hatch with his laser eyes <laughs> and he says um he says um no i prefer you wouldn't because there are soldiers in their final resting place or something and he says we shouldn't disturb them like i'm like fucking superman's always dope you know right. what i mean like he's just so respectful so he seals it up um and then you come to find out there's giant fucking dinosaurs everywhere like beasts like almost monster of the week but something's going on Sounds you know what I mean? Like, it sounds it, almost like the Savage Land in Marvel. Yeah, it's kind of what it, and I, I even know what that is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the um, we it kind of left us with not really knowing where they are. Um, crypto's with them. No, like, of course, crypto's cool. I love I, crypto's dope. If you don't like crypto, um, fuck off. That's all I gotta but say. But the trippy thing is, and I, I kind of skipped over this. What what opened the portal? So they were making the science experiment, and it just flew away. Because it's supposed to be like a flying saucer, basically. Mm-hmm. And it started, it instantly started scanning the crystals uh, in the fortress, which are, if you don't know, Kryptonian technology is that's their data right. is on, on the crystals. And um, crypto ended up chomping that motherfucker uh, before it got all of it. But then it just opened a portal and they all fell into it. So some, something nefarious is going on. Um, but nobody really knows what yet. So moving on. <laughs> cyborg number two always a fan of cyborg love it this one he's fighting um oh wait i'm sorry i have to say who wrote it and shit written by john semper jr pencils by paul pelletier inks by scott hannah see scott hannah thank you uh tony cordos and tom palmer the whole ink team is legit <laughs> colored by Gar- guy major come on Covered by Will Conrad and Ivan Nunez. So he's fighting Kilgore, uh, which is a basically a, cy- a cy- not a cyborg, it's a robot. Um, and because every, every DC, every, well, not DC, every comic character always has to fight an evil version of themselves. Exactly. Yeah. And this is one of his main villains. It's, right. it's you know, it's his Thane, basically. Yeah. Um, so, based the, the reason I'm excited about this one is that is they're playing on an old, an old trope for Cyborg of is he more man or more machine? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's been done well. Sometimes it's been done really shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping this is done well. Basically, he's fighting Kil- Kilcore, and Kilcore's like quoting Shakespeare and shit. Like he's really trying to get into his head. You know, <laughs> it was really good, um, and. Kilgore starts explaining that there is his new 
master basically or is or the person he's Kilgore is sentient he doesn't have a master but the the person he's running with um wants is is been collecting all the machines that have been defeated and he's rebuilding them reactivating them and he's building his own army um and the point is is that they want to know what side cyborg is on and cyborg made it pretty clear that he's not on their side um but it was it was they're basically explaining the singularity and, and there was a whole breakdown of it of that the like through the history of machines and where we're at now and and what what they're trying to do and, and stuff like that really interesting and kind of dark too like kilgore abducted his father a racial joke about cyborg maybe <laughs> and no cyborg lives matter <laughs> cyborg lives matter um Kilgore, Kilgore abducted his father during the fight. Because Kilgore can do that. He right. can do two things. He can be in two places at once. <laughs> um, and he strapped a bomb to his chest. But the, the cool thing is, well, it's not cool, but uh, interesting, is he he held the father and brought Cyborg to the church in which they buried Cyborg's mother. Mm. So it was like full circle kind of thing. Right. Just really trying to get into his head. And they wanted to see what he would do. So basically, uh, he saved the father, and and he he, he almost sacrificed himself because he had to walk through like a corrosive material to get to him. Blah blah blah. Just read it. <laughs> so Kilgore's main thing is he can suck in electricity that's around him that gives him power. So he was pretty much beaten. They're in the city. So he's beating Cyborg's ass, and then the homies. The homies at Star Labs, by the way, which they for some reason I thought this was funny. They put in um, what Star Labs is, <laughs> like, what, and it's uh, where is it? Scientific and technology advanced research. They put it as a as a, like a little cliff note. Right. Um. Uh, they cut the power in the city, so then Cyborg was able to kick his ass, and um. It was a nice twist. It was just a really good story, and it, it looks like it's leading into a much bigger thing. Uh, and I'm excited to see where it goes, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, first on the list is actually not a DC book; it's an image book, branching out a little bit. Um, Cannibal, Cannibal number one. So, I had the same reservation at first that Steve said he had, where it's you see the word zombie. You're like, eh. Yeah. Like, it's been done to death, you know. But this is an interesting book because uh, basically you have, um, let me, you know what? Fuck it, dude. I'm sick of this bullshit. <laughs> just, there was a, there was a, um, an intro in the book. I'm just going to read it because it oh, was yeah. pretty good. That, that was, I, I did like that intro. I mean, it kind of reminded me of old school comics, you know? Yeah. Our heroes. Yeah, exactly. It was like, it, it, it was very old school and like going, you know, at this particular point in time, bringing you all the way up to what you needed now. You know what else is old school? Hmm. What? The story is written by Jay Young and Brian Brusilato. Art's done by Mat- Matias uh, Bergara. Letters by Troy Pateri and coloring by B. Um, Buccello. It's like three fucking people that work on this thing. Yeah. You know, so whatever. So I'll just <laughs> read the thing. In 1994, a Category 5 hurricane swept through the southeast region of the U.S., causing billions of dollars worth of damage. It also uprooted ancient mosquitoes hibernating under the ground. These disease-carrying bloodsuckers infected humans with a 100-year-old strain of yellow fever. Global Medicine Management, GMM, 
uh, rushed a medicine called YPAC to market to combat the disease. YPAC treated the symptoms but had a devastating side effect, a virus that caused its victims to crave human flesh. Unlike zombies, these cannibals are everyday people just like you and I. They think, feel, and more importantly, have remorse. Uh, how will they go on if it means eating people to survive? We enter this world at the dawn of what could turn into a pandemic. News of outbreaks across the southeast have begun to trickle in. But in the tiny Florida town of Willow, mm-hmm. no one has seen a cannibal yet. So it's interesting to me because of that. Because it's 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 actual people. They're not just dumb automatons. You know what right. I mean? They're, um, there's a scene in the book where a guy... 14-year-old kid, actually, because image gets dark. Image yeah. don't fucking care. <laughs> they get dark um, quick. Like, it is right. fast. 14, 14-year-old goes out in the alley. To, to, he's, he's got a little side job at a, at a pub or something. He goes to throw the trash out, and there's this guy out there, and he goes, hey, if you get, the kids goes, if you get caught picking through the trash again, the boss is going to kick you out of here. And the guy goes, you shouldn't have came out here. Yeah. Like, I wish you wouldn't have come out here. And then he, he even he tells eats. him he even tells him to to go back inside. Yeah, he says go back inside, but the kid doesn't because he doesn't. You know, he's just ha- trying to help the guy. Yeah. So the guy the guy basically eats his throat out. Right. You know, but you can tell he's not happy about it. Like he's well, yeah. Because really, afterwards he's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, like after yeah. he after he eats him, he's like, I'm sorry. You shouldn't have been out here. Like yeah. that kind of stuff. And um. That that scene right there kind of cemented the book for me. Like I was like, this is going to be interesting. You know, and then the writing's really tight, and that the artwork's really clean. Um, definitely an adult book. I mean, this fucking one scene where a dude leaves to go to go somewhere, and he kidnaps a woman <laughs> at knife point, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, I thought I this thought thing thought was the, legit. I know. I thought that too. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And then, he, and then he puts her in the back of a truck or something. Yeah, drives her out to the to like a cabin. And then he takes the hood off, and she goes, I didn't know you were picking me up today. Like, they were just playing some kind of fucking Fifty Shades of Grey game. <laughs> I know. You know? And it's it was... The characters instantly have depth. Like, yeah. you you know where they're coming from. You know what's going on. It's, it's a small southern town. Yeah, and you know, you know. You know they have more. I, I think... Because, you know, at, I, and it was one of those that I did read for this week, because Adam and I have been trying to branch out. And, of course, I'm not going to cover, really, the DC books, because... That's just too much to cover, especially with Marvel. Since I'm doing a lot of the Marvel, but and then I pretty, I'm, I always, we we decided we decided pretty early on if if I'm a DC fan mostly and he's a Marvel fan mostly, and they're so big by themselves, we'll just focus on one. Right. Yeah, there's and, no reason across the stream, really. <laughs> and I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I wanted to read a lot of the DC books, but I just with the schedule. For well, you the do shows, read them, but just on your own time. Yeah. When you feel- Exactly. When I when I it's like okay, now I'll read all these and, and you know and I'll catch up on these and I'm, I'm most likely with a lot of these I'll probably end up on trades, but um, I one of the things that I had mentioned to Adam that I was going to do and, and and he and I kind of and he kind of went on this was looking out at at other publishers that don't put out a whole lot of books you know like IDW or Image or you know any of those that kind of catch our interest. So I this was one of the books I did read for um, for this and there were two other ones that I read, um, but. One of the things that did throw me off was that, you know, like, uh, it's just kind of, to, to me, it was a little bit of a different take on zombies, you know, like, okay, I get it, you know, it's cannibals this time, and, you know, they feel remorse, okay, kind of cool. Um, I think for me, one of the issues with this book is I think, I kind of don't know where it's going, 
yeah, it is it is up in the air. So I, I think it's one of those that I may end up changing my tone after like month or uh, like two months or so. I'm gonna get a couple of issues in, then I'll be like, you know what, this book is, you know, this book actually got better than what I th- what initially was, or it it wasn't. And so, you know, like that whole second part with the whole the the two getting into the you know with him kidnapping the girl. I was kind of like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, yeah, it wasn't really necessary. <laughs> right. It was just funny. You it, know what I mean? But but um, then it, but then it's set up for that little cliffhanger at the end. Right. You know? And, and um, so I think with that, it was kind of like, okay, so how are these two stories connected is what I guess my, my thing. So because usually in the in the stories that we tend to read, mostly the story set up in the first issue. And then you get the big cliffhanger towards the end. Because we mostly read superhero books. Right. And then so you get the, 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 big, the whole issue in the beginning. And then you have the, the big reveal at the end and the cliffhanger reveal. And then you kind of go right. from there. It so, has like a system that it follows. Right. And DC and Marvel follow essentially the same. Oh, yeah. The so, same beat. So, yeah. yeah. So co- going into something like Image where it, this is, cr- um, you know, creator um, like the wild west creator. comics <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty much so you know it, it's just one of those so I, i'm very curious to see how how i will read the second one because i'm kind of that was one of the things like uh, i don't really want to put it as like a a recommend on the pool because i don't know where it's going and so i it was well, one my, of those but yeah. my thing with it is i've always had it's almost a horror book for me because i I've, right. I've i've always had this I wouldn't say disgust, but like I, I have a hard time watching. <laughs> I have a hard time for this. Huh? <laughs> I have a hard time watching addiction. Oh right, right. Like if it, it was for instance, there was a, um, there was a, uh, a, um, a documentary about heroin addicts mm-hmm. that I was watching, and I had to turn it off. Like when when you see them going, I need it, I need it, and then that moment they put it in their arm and they just look like euphoria. Right. It makes me sick. Like mm-hmm. I, I, it's, it's, it's terrifying to me of someone losing control, yeah. that much. You know. Yeah. So when I see it in horror like that, like the the guy in the alley, I got to chill when I was reading it. You mm-hmm. know, I was like, fuck. You know, it's it's just too much. You know, and um, I think that's why I was kind of like, I think this book's going to be a bit on another level. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but I do agree. We don't really know what's going on. <laughs> you know, we, we know we know about the virus thing and we know that it's just now come to this small town and we know who the people are basically. Right. We also know this is the south and they don't give a fuck cuz as soon as <laughs> soon as they found the kid, they were they were getting rifles. They're like, "Fuck this." And the cop was like, "I can't tell you not to." Right. But let me know if you need some help. Like he was just <laughs> yeah. like, "Whatever." You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, "I ain't going to tell you not to do it, but if you need help with it, let me know. <laughs> it has a bit. The book has a bit of authentic authenticity to it too, because yeah. it didn't in the feel, way it didn't the, feel gimmicky. Yeah, that was one. Of yeah, the in the way the like the words are typed out, you can almost hear the accent yeah. coming off the page, like that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. It's a really good book, and it is an issue one. So issue ones always draw me. Like if I see it, I'm like, oh fuck! Like maybe this is going to be the one. What the fuck? Well, that, you know, that was kind of the thing for me when I was looking at these. Um, uh, when I was looking at uh, those image books is there were a lot of number ones out. So that was kind of like a, okay, maybe I'll, I'll check it out, you know, and, and see what it is. Oh, the other book that I was trying to remember was Moonshine. That was a number one. I haven't read that yet. And, uh, I have it, but I haven't read it. I, I actually kind of, that, that was when you spoke of um, authenticity, that's what I was thinking with, um, with uh, 
the way this this um, the speech was written, it, it takes place in you know like the the bootleggers and all that in the twenties. Mm-hmm. So you had them going up into Appalachia. So it was very much authentic. Like it's an I attention like, to detail. You know yeah. what I mean? That I, I dig. Yeah. Is that like a like a noir type shit or a little bit? It kind of it, it had the same flow. I as, love um, noir comics, man. They they get dope. Yeah, like this one. It was the, the like that story was the the mob was um, had gotten a hand of a certain moonshine that was like amazing. So the New York mob wanted to bring it to New York so they can get people really hooked on it and then use that as um, as a muscle. So when they need something done in the government circles, you know, they can mm-hmm. they can get it. But the, they sent this one guy up into the hills to, um, to, uh, to negotiate. So it was very, it had the same kind of flow as, uh, as Cannibal. Um, the end was a little like, okay, who are these people? Like, what, what's going on here? And that had intrigued me more because, yeah, it was a little more of a, of a noir story, but it had, like you knew there was something underneath, but nobody was talking about it. You know, so like maybe something, something else like is magical gone. or something, something like that. But you know, yeah. but you 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 didn't you didn't know. So, um, but that was another one that I read that I almost put on my on my list. But I, you know, again, it was like one of those where I, oh, mm-hmm. Brian um Brian Azarello. Yeah, and and the um the cover is kind of similar to Moonshine too. Maybe Image is trying to make things match up a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, that Ooh, was. I like that artwork too. Yeah, the artwork was really nice on that one. All right, so I guess it's time for me to go into my pull list. Um, uh, for my pull list this week, it is all Marvel again. Um, so my number three is all new Wolverine number thirteen. Now I was never a really big fan of this book for a little while, but this particular story arc has kind of gotten me a little a little more interested. Laura Kinney, who is the new Wolverine, is a clone of the original Wolverine. Uh, Lately, she's being hunted and is trying to keep away. Laura and Gabby receive a package of a vial that's labeled Trigger. Freaking out, Laura grabs Gabby and they head out into the middle of nowhere, which is a small cabin that Logan used to use to hide out in. Shortly after arriving, she reveals that the vial, um, what the vial does. Trigger is a fragrance that um, once Laura sniffs, she's sent into berserker mode and kills anyone without hesitation. Doesn't matter who you are, she'll kill you no matter what. And uh, she goes into this little small story about how she escaped from the Weapon X facility that they that created her, and this these two people put her in there, but then she got a scent of uh, trigger and almost killed them. Uh, so she knows what it does, but she ends up in this small town of 30 people and hears planes coming and then she starts smelling the fragrance and it's all downhill from there uh tom taylor does a great job kicking off this story with a glimpse of the aftermath and then jumping back to the show to show how we got there nick varella and michael garland do a great job with the artwork clean and vibrant one of the real things i liked about this book a very very good read um number two deadpool back in black number one uh, this is a pickup from the original Deadpool's Marvel Superhero Secret Wars that w- was run during the whole Marvel Secret Wars reboot last year. In this edition, basically, it's a story of how Deadpool ended up in the symbiont suit from that planet that the Secret Wars was on. It stems from the original series when the symbiont suit left Peter Parker 
and turn Deadpool basically into Spider-Man, like the symbiont. Um, there's a lot. It's it's very funny and a lot of references to the original story, including those little foot tags that are like, check out Web of Spider-Man number one, which came out in like the late 80s, early 90s. Um, and wow. uh, Remember that shit. Yeah. And uh, again, I'm a sucker for nostalgia. Colin Bunn does a great job referencing the original comic series and the newly cre- and the newly created content and trying to tie them all together. Salva Espin does a great job of keeping the panels dark to almost grayscale, but putting in vibrant color to show kind of both worlds colliding because you have like the original story and then you have Deadpool. <laughs> um, it was really funny when the symbiont suit uh, got onto um, onto Deadpool because he recognizes it from the the original. Um, the original comic that they did and then he starts firing webbing and he's like oh my god did i just doop? i'm doop. i'm duping <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's freaking hilarious it was a, it was a it was a great little issue i'm curious to see how this goes but um yeah it, it looks like it'll be a little fun and my number one comic this this week was marvel champions number one Now, during the run of Civil War, many of the young heroes that joined Captain Marvel to uphold justice have been through a bit of an awakening. Uh, Never meet your role model, kids. That's basically what comes out of this book. Uh, Ms. Marvel, Nova, Hulk, and Miles Morales have all quit. The Avengers, because they are more focused on being right than protecting lives and properties. The adults they have admired have killed other heroes, destroyed property to be right, and ended friendships. Many of them are disillusioned with what they have seen and decided to form a team that will bring back what they have always idolized them for, being better than the villains. Ms. Marvel forms a team with Nova, Miles Morales, Hulk, and Viv, Vision's daughter, to restore hope in the people's eyes in regards to being a hero, not killing the bad guys, but letting justice do its part. Some stop, um, they stop a, uh, a sex slave ring that had a bunch of those uh, tanker containers filled with uh, young kids, boys and girls, and about to ship them away. When Viv gets, uh, is able to access a image that shows these kids being contained, they all jump into action. When one of them dies, one of the um, hostages ends up dying from uh, the prolonged exposure to those hot shipping containers, Hulk nearly pummels the villain to death. This is where Ms. Marvel steps in and reminds them that what they are trying to accomplish, restores people's faith in heroes and restore their own faith in being heroes. Mark Wade does a great job making the story have deeper meaning and allowing to the reader to realize along with the characters what they are fighting for. Humberto Ramos does an excellent job with the artwork, keeping the action between clean and gritty. Um, so yeah, so, uh, very good book. Uh, a lot of people have kind of jumped on Twitter as to being a, um, a book that they, that they enjoyed. So this is definitely something I, I recommend you guys checking out on. Um, I, mean, I actually heard, I heard about this one too. I was thinking about picking it up. Yeah. It was one of those where I'm not, a, I haven't been a big fan of all the young superheroes that are, you know, that are part of it, but this is kind of, um, uh, pulled them together, especially with the whole civil war aspect. They're actually kind of really like 
this isn't what we signed up for. We thought, oh, we're going to be Avengers, you know, that, that this is going to be cool. We're all going to be doing the right thing. They bought into the propaganda. Basically, <laughs> basically yeah. They they all took a they all took and a sip of Trump's that Now it's Trump's America and, <laughs> and nobody fucking knows what's going on. <laughs> Hashtag Trump's America. Um, yeah, nobody knows what's going on. They're grabbing, they're grabbing all the villains by the pussy. You know, all that sort of stuff. And um, Someone grabbed Miss Marvel, but not. <laughs> and there we go. Uh, I would love to see someone try to do that to Miss Marvel. Oh fuck yeah! That dude. would be a panel I would put on my wall. Yeah, that's a that's an because Miss Marvel do. would destroy that motherfucker. <laughs> the word is out there, internet. Make this happen. <laughs> do it. Do it. <laughs> hey, do you think? Do you think? Um, if Donald Trump becomes president, we're gonna get like a, a comic book like uh, Obama got, but it's not gonna be positive. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say it, it, we will, but it won't be that one. <laughs> <laughs> there won't be it's gonna be like, on the cover. He's a villain now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he takes he kills the kingpin and takes over. <laughs> oh, That's believable. I know, right? <laughs> All right. So now we enter our final section we enter our final section. Douchebag of the week. Mm-hmm. So my douchebag of the week. It was just it's one of those where you're just like, he's kind of a douchebag, but at the same time you're like kind of pimp <laughs> um, a 55 year old new jersey man died on tuesday that much is fact but due to dueling obituaries for him one apparently submitted by his wife the other by dueling his girlfriend obituary. yeah dueling obits uh one apparently submitted by his wife while the other apparently submitted by his girlfriend the rest is a little murky but <laughs> both obituaries were published in the press of Atlantic City, one on top of the other. The and both included the same photo of the deceased who lived in e- Egg Harbor Township. The first obituary identified the man as Leroy Bill Black, and he is survived by his quote his loving wife Beretta Harrison Black and his son Jazz Black. End quote. It says Black died at home on August second, surrounded by his family. No cause of death is given. The second obituary identifies him as Leroy, Leroy Blast Black and also says that Black died at home but makes no mention of any family being there. It said, in addition to his son, Jazz, Black is survived by his siblings, other family, friends, and his, quote, longtime girlfriend, Princess Hall. Princess? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, the obituary also says he was a fiberglass technician who died of lung cancer due to fiberglass exposure. Neither the wife nor the girlfriend could be reached by NBC News or NB- and NBC News could not confirm the context of the death notice. A viewing is set for Saturday afternoon and Black's funeral is scheduled for Sunday at Greenwich Funeral Homes in Atlantic City. A staff member at Greenwich who did not identify herself told NBC News that she had received a phone call from a mourner quote asking if they're going to be is that if there's going to be a problem between the wife and the girlfriend in quote at the funeral Joseph Greenidge Jr. the funeral director of Greenidge Funeral Homes told KYW News Radio in Philadelphia it isn't unheard of for there to be multiple obituaries written from different uh, perspectives but he said they took the direction from Leroy's wife regarding the funeral arrangements quote we follow the state law, which is there is um, one point of contact. And in this case, as in any case, it would be the spouse. And so we followed the direction of the spouse, he told the station. So 
<laughs> Look, his name. Leroy his was name keeping might, it real. That's all I'm saying right there. <laughs> his name might not have been Apple, but they called him the Mac in the streets, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> this dude. Apple Even in his the streets, name Mac sounds like a pimp name. <laughs> what was that? Even his name sounds like a pimp name, I like know, right? Leroy Black. I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> his name was Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> oh shit! Leroy Jenkins Light. That's great. Oh man. I mean, he's still a douchebag, you know. But right. But... I mean, come on. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So it's one of those on. where you're kind of like, uh, yeah, that's kind of douchey, but at the same time, you're like, that's kind of pimp. <laughs> we'll move on. We'll move on to my a self-described. Christian mom mm-hmm. is hip hopping mad after hearing a rap song on the radio that offended her ears and her sensibilities. <laughs> she's uh, not a twenty. So, she's not a twenty first century person. Right. So Crystal Partido, and I have to point out that Crystal spells her name K R Y S T L E. That bo- bothers me for some reason. Um. But anyway. Recorded an 11-minute video rant from her home in Woodward, Oklahoma, uh, to the, the whitest place in America, <laughs> to, to let the world know about the evils of North North, a 2015 ditty recorded by um, Vince Staples. I think they're just using the word ditty like it's 1942 and not referring to like Puff Daddy or anything. Um, the tirade, the t- tirade can be summed up in one sentence: "Quote." I can't believe this stuff is on the radio, end quote. Um, Where has she been but, for the last, like, 25 years? <laughs> right. Uh, more quotes. There's so many quotes. North North is about staples. It sounds like a villain in, like, Lord of the Rings, North North. North North. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm trying to be dramatic here. Um, it's about staples' <laughs> tough youth growing up in Long Beach, California. She's... May I remind you, she lives in Oklahoma. Just saying. <laughs> right. Um, lyrics include, hit the corner, make a dollar flipping, split the dollar with my mama's children, forks need Porsches, hoes need abortions. I just need y'all out of my business. The chorus goes, I ain't never ran from nothing but the police, uh, from the city where the skinny carry strong heat, north side, Long Beach, north side, Long Beach. Uh, dramatic reading right. <laughs> of a typical shitty modern hip hop song. Um, this is on our local. So she says this is on our local radio station. This crap is being played. Perdido sees on her video. I couldn't even believe the words that I was listening to as a mom. It infuriated me. Obviously, the cu- the cuss words were bleeped out, but I'm not stupid. She's not stupid. Folks. Are you? Um, <laughs> Are Perdido, we sure about that? <laughs> Cardito gives a shout out to performer uh, Megan Trainer, who's all about the bass, extols big butts, and nostalgically remembers the way music used to be when it was good and wholesome. <laughs> I remember listening to top hits as a kid. You know, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Backstreet Boys, and NSYNC. Those were the top hits when I was a kid. Nowadays, it's not the same. Not the same at all. So let's pause here for a second. Based on her musical choice... I would assume she's roughly my age because when I was a kid, those were top pop groups as well. But there was also quite a few rap songs back then. And if she never heard any of them, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I remember it was all about the same shit. It just had more. It has more curse words in it now. 
Well, I, I mean, remember Bling Bling. I remember bling. one of the songs around the same time was um, California Love. Well, that was a little sooner, but still. Yeah, but still. Same point. Right. Or um, Easy E's uh, wonderful um, masterpiece, Give Me That Nut. Um, <laughs> and that was like in 93. <laughs> you know, so music like this has existed. Right. Um, now, I will, I will give her a point. Um, Give Me That Nut was not on the radio. It's also a great song. If you haven't heard it, definitely hilarious. Um, that's that's, the jam, shit, that's a jam you put on when you're about to you're about to hit it, you know. Exactly. <laughs> um, so in the show notes, you, you can find this article that mm-hmm. I'm reading and then also the video. Um, I didn't watch the whole video. It's just, just a an angry blonde white chick complaining about rap. I mean, we've seen it before. Right, and we'll, this definitely won't be the last time. And I love, I love the video. Um, the video. Someone titled the video "Bitch, you thirsty? Please drink a sprite." <laughs> that was that had me dying. So let me let me see if she has another quote here real quick. Um, oh, a side note: although North North may indeed be a sign of the impending apocalypse, Pardillo doesn't seem to have a problem reading the lyrics with her infant daughter in the background. <laughs> um, uh, Staples weighed in. Um, once Pardillo's video stirred up internet flamers saying she's entitled to her opinion. I don't really have much to say about the video. I don't think it's funny at all. Staples told the independent it's not right to attack someone over their stance, their opinions and their religion. I think that's very immature. Pardillo may hate North North, but she said she appreciates Staples support and thanked him in the Facebook post that has since been removed. Uh, Staples then clarified his comment in a series of tweets who is staples did i did i miss what i read because oh he's the rapper yeah he's the yeah okay so in his <laughs> tweets real quick he said thank you to justin Chris. no i don't really need to read this click on it if you want to see um <laughs> basically because it's it's there's i thought there were like two tweets but there's like seven no. um and who cares right. uh so basically the reason why she's a douchebag is because this goes back to when it reminded me of back in the day when people didn't like Howard Stern, and instead of just oh, changing right. the, the channel, channel, yeah, they would fucking boycott. Like, yeah. what are you boycotting? Same thing with like Married with Children. Nobody didn't like the way Married with Children was. So, or this this again, rich white woman didn't like the way Married with Children was and wanted it removed. It's like fuck you. It's because you don't know the struggle, speech. bitch. Exactly. You don't know the struggle. The struggle. Yeah, Married is with real. Children. Married with Children was the realest show on fucking television. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's it was basically just a, a comedy spoof of Roseanne. Yeah, that's well, no, really actually, all it was. No, actually, it came out before Roseanne. Roseanne came oh, out afterwards true. and took it, and then ended up winning Emmys for it and shit. That's very true. Yeah. Um, it this is <laughs> look. I agree with her that hip hop music nowadays sucks. Because <laughs> it really does. There, there's right. a few gems here and there, but the the rappers of today are really, really shitting on the history of their music yeah because hip-hop was fucking amazing in the past oh yeah um when it actually taught you something or or tried to relay a message um but no one really gives a flying fuck that you don't like it yeah yeah you're you're not the first person to like uh oh hey this is offensive yeah because 30 years ago same thing you know and also she picks a song that I've never fucking heard of. I know. It's like, no, if you're going to do that, pick a song everybody knows. <laughs> I almost want to look the song up to see what it's about. It's probably uh, shit. Yeah. I'm not even going to bother. 
So, whatever. All right. So, we want to hear your words. You can comment on all our social media havens. Go ahead and tell us your thoughts, requests, or just say hi on our Facebook page, Google+, Instagram, Twitter, and even Snapchat. We mentioned all those locations uh, at the beginning of the show. As for me personally, you can find me on the interwebs on Twitter at MiddleAgedGeek, Instagram MiddleAged underscore Geek, or check out my blog, TheMiddleAgedGeek.com. You can find me in these streets, motherfucker. <laughs> no, as you, as you, if you listen to just another podcast, you know we were the streets. <laughs> we, we the definition. Okay. Um, no Twitter at SapienTLG, of course, and on the north side. <laughs> on the north, yeah, the north side. On the north, north side, north. that's where <laughs> where the skinnies pack heat, or I don't fucking remember. <laughs> Uh, north north <laughs> whatever gang bullshit that he was talking about whatever uh and be sure to tune in on friday the away team season premiere symbiosis Ooh. drops for your uh, auditory pleasure so that is it for this supersized episode of uh the lazy gigs podcast i'm steven vargas i'm adam Rand. so until next time peace out This has been a production of the Lazy Geeks Network, available only at thelazygeeks.com. Goodbye.